The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, dubbed as America's pastor, best-selling author Max Lucado joins Sheila Walsh and explains why Christmas is such a special celebration of love and hope. The big message of Christmas is God understands. I mean, you talk about a painful world. He was born into a painful world and, and understands exactly what we go through because he's been through it. That's, that's a huge part of the Christmas message. Hello, I'm Sheila Walsh and welcome to Wednesdays in the Word. You know, knowing that I was filming today, um, it was interesting to me. I worked on a, going through the Bible, the whole Bible every year, but the passage for today um, was from one of my favorite passages in Isaiah. And I just wanted to read you a couple of verses. It's found in Isaiah chapter nine, and it says this, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine for unto us, a child is born, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I just thought it was so interesting because as you know, Wednesdays in the Word, it's usually just me and you. We thought, wouldn't it be kind of fun just this one time during this holiday week to have a guest? And I thought, now if I'm gonna have a guest, who are you gonna have? If you're gonna have a guest, you better just go for the top. So today I want you to please welcome my guest and my friend, Max Licato. Thank you, Sheila. Oh, it's it's a great, great honor. It's I thought you were gonna say, since we we're gonna have a guest, we might as well start low, <laughs> keep the bar low. <laughs> Just so, one of the reasons we love you. <laughs> but this book, uh, Max, because of Bethlehem, love is born, hope is here. Now, I, I know a little bit um, of the kind of backstory. I know you're a huge Christmas fan. Isn't that true? I love Christmas. Uh, I, I, I'm one of these folks, I never complain when the lights go up in October, you know, and it doesn't bother me when Walmart starts selling trees uh, in early November. I, I get excited and uh, I, I like the Christmas movies. I love Christmas music. I just play it over and over. And of course, I love Christmas food. Of course. <laughs> uh, but but the, to me, the highlight of, of Christmas is, is when you're in a shopping mall or you're walking through a department store and you hear uh, it came upon a midnight clear uh, or silent night uh, or one of these great classic Christmas hymns that have embedded within them the gospel. And uh, you just sense that the word is being sown and, and people are being... Uh, even if they're not conscious of it, they are being taught yeah. uh, the meaning of Christmas. So it's, it's that undertone of hope that comes through. I, I know we get all busy and I'm sure we could slow it all down, but at least there's the possibility, you know, that uh, somebody's gonna hear a Christmas message yeah. and walk away a different person. Now you're a very prolific writer. You write um, for us, you write for children. What was the genesis for you of writing this yeah, book? Yeah, thanks for asking. That's a great question. I, well, you, as you know, I've been a pastor for 28 years, and uh, I, I have noticed that there is a sensitivity and an openness to Christmas messages. 
uh, and there's a reason that Christmas Eve services are, are usually packed and that uh, Advent services are very popular. And that is, I think people want to hear the story of Bethlehem. They really do. Uh, they want to hear what you, they want. Somebody, they want somebody to answer the question: What's what's the big deal about the baby? What's the big deal about the baby in the manger? So I've had this idea for some years, and this was happened to be the time to do it of of creating a book that that would just speak into that conversation, in 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 a very hopefully winsome way with a lot of Christmas stories, uh, maybe some some funny stories, but also unpack some key Bible verses. And so I, I thought, because of Bethlehem, how is the world different? That's why we called it because of Bethlehem. A lot of people find Christmas a very hard season. Mm -hmm. I, I remember last Christmas getting so many notes from people on my Facebook page saying that they actually find Christmas the hardest season of all. Yeah. Why do you think that is? And how do you think this book will yeah. address that? And you're absolutely right. Uh, years ago, I'm gonna date myself now, but there, there's an old Merle Haggard song, If We Make It Through December. It was a great country western song, and and his his point was that what's bad is worse in December. Uh, pain hurts more, uh, bills feel heavier, uh, separation feels more painful, and, and so what's what's bad just gets worse in December, and and it's and it's because we look around and everybody seems so happy, you know, uh, or everybody seems to have it all together, uh, or they're, they're seeing it seems somebody with their child reminds us of a vacant crib. It's just, it's just everything gets, gets amplified. But there's a way that we can take the message of Christmas and it can apply, it can be applied like a balm on our soul, on the wounded parts of our souls. Uh, because the big message of Christmas is God understands. I mean, you talk about a painful world. He was born into a painful world. And, uh, and, and understands exactly what we go through because he's been through it. Mm. That's, that's a huge part of the Christmas message. So let this Christmas, if it's a hard one, uh, and, and, and I, I can relate, you know, just a few years ago, my, my daughter uh, suffered a, a miscarriage mm. and we found ourselves just a few days before Christmas in an emergency room. And I remember thinking of all the places you don't wanna be at Christmas, it's in an, I don't care how much garland they put up. You know, emergency room is still an emergency room. Uh, and so I get that. But let this Christmas, uh, let, let the message come through and hear Jesus say, I understand what you're going through and I know how hard it is, but I came into the world in painful times and I can speak to you during yours too. Wow. You have an interesting phrase in the book where you talk about seeing God's face in Jesus. Mm. Talk about that, would you? Well, because of Bethlehem, we know what God looks like. Wow. And, and in the book I talk about, and as a mom, you'll relate to this, just the excitement that a mother must feel to finally see that baby's face. I mean, I know we dads get excited, but uh, multiply that by nine months. <laughs> <laughs> 10 months, ten actually, months. 10. Okay. <laughs> and all of, all of that pain in Lamaze classes, multiply it many, many times. And uh, the look on a mom's face when she looks in the face of her child, and it's as if she's saying, okay, now finally, I know what you look like. Well, what was it like for Mary, who knew she had never known a man, 
who knew that child was a miracle, who knew she was carrying God himself. When she looked into the face of Jesus and she saw the, I don't know, little rosebud cheeks and tiny lips, small nose. Now this is what God looks like. Wow. It's the most profound moment of the incarnation because God really became flesh. He became so small uh, that he could be delivered uh, just as a, any baby would be delivered and small enough that, 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 that a weary young Mary could cup her hands all the way around his face and say, God would become this. This is what God looks like. What does he look? He looks like love. He looks like hope. He looks like understanding and sympathy. He, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a turning point moment in history when Mary looked into the face of God. There's so many interesting ingredients in your book, Max, of things I've never thought about before. You know, you would think, well, there's nothing new about the Christmas story, but you talk about um, Christmas trees, how they tie into our adoption. Talk about that, because that's amazing. <laughs> that's another fun tradition, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, I've got to confess, we've gone the fake route. Oh, uh, boo. I know, and, and to, quite honestly, I, we, I had to give in on this one. It gets but, messy, but doesn't it? It does, it does. But forever, we bought an uh, honest-to-goodness Christmas tree and uh, went through the whole process. I think, I think it had to do with when our kids finally uh, left the house, Dean and said, we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> but I love the, sm the smell yeah. and the sap uh, and carrying the tree and tying it on the car. And uh, anyway, all of that. I you think can actually so get a spray fun. now. You can just spray it on your fake tree. Really? Yeah, you can even get spray sap. Spray sap? Yes. Does it create the smell? Yeah, it, it creates the smell. We live in a wonderful <laughs> world, people. Well, but you take it you, so you, much you, further. You, you think about all the things that go into purchasing a tree. You, you pick it, you select it, and I'll say that, you select it, you purchase it, you carry it home, and you know, as a preacher, always looking for a good three-point sermon. <laughs> I can remember some years ago realizing there's my Christmas Eve sermon. You know, <laughs> what, what, you, what you did with this tree, uh, God has done with you. He selected you. Wow. He purchased you and he's carrying you home. But that's and profound, Max. It, it's, it's, it's really the gospel, isn't it? That all of us are selected by God. You know, that he has determined our, our gender, our personality. And then he said, now I want you for my kingdom for the kingdom that I'm creating. And I purchased you. you. We don't expect the guy in the striped tent to pay for the, tent, for the tree. We have to purchase it ourselves. And so we do, we pay for it. Well, God paid for us. We've all been bought with a price and he's taking us home. Every person needs to be reminded that this world is not how it was intended to be. And this world is not how it always will be. We're being taken home. And don't we need that reminder? This has been a hard year, yes. full of political topsy-turviness and terrorist attacks and just violence and fear and conflict. Whew, I think we need Christmas. We I need that reminder. Right. I think it's maybe the one year we won't complain when they start playing Christmas music too early and we start watching The Dog Who Saved Christmas, The Hamster Who Loved Christmas, That's all right. those good movies. Yeah. I actually wanted you to talk a little to that because one of the things I found really discouraging this year is the way that we as the church have torn each other apart on social media in a time when I know that an election is an important thing, 
I know it's important that believers vote. But we have stooped to a new law, in my opinion, in our divisiveness. Mm. And I think, how do we regain our integrity as the, mm. as the bearers of good mm. news for everyone? Yeah, uh, if anybody should be at peace, even in the midst of political turmoil, it should be those who trust more in the one who occupies the throne than the one who occupies the White House, right? right? In, in fact, the story of Bethlehem, uh, you talk about a time of political unrest. You know, Rome uh, was occupying Israel. Uh, Herod was a jerk, mm -hmm. a selfish, yeah, we, I mean, he was just a, he was, he was a murderer. Yeah. He was a murderer. And so uh, the, the reason that uh, uh, Mary and Joseph were not home was because the government forced them to go, you know, register, and that all had to do with paying taxes. I mean, anything you could complain about, they had the right to complain about. And yet in the midst of that chaotic world, Christ was born. I think if we Christians, if we can just let that truth sink in, that of course we want a government that is running smoothly. <laughs> of course we want everything to be perfect, but that's not gonna happen until the new kingdom. Until then though, we can be at peace. Yeah. We can be at peace uh, because if, if Bethlehem tells us anything, it says out of chaos, God creates calm. Mm -hmm. He brought the Prince of Peace. So maybe if we could just take a deep breath Realize that the most powerful influence is, is prayer, not politics. Yeah. And just focus on the occupied throne more than the occupation of anything else. We'd feel better. How does Christmas begin what Easter celebrates? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing we have to keep reminding ourselves of. As much as we love Christmas, had there been no Easter, we would not be talking about Christmas. The, re the reason that the cradle matters is because the cross was occupied. And the reason the cross was occupied was because the crown was given to Christ. And so that's how it all progresses. We love Bethlehem, but Bethlehem only began this march, this wonderf wonderful journey that Jesus took of redemption. But remember the name Jesus traces his ancestry back to a, a name uh, that means God saves. God saves. And so when uh, Joseph and Mary were told the name that they were to give their son, uh, there was significance and symbolism there that Jesus came to save us, save us. And not just save us, as the angel said, from our uh, taxes or from grumpy neighbors uh, or from boring <laughs> preachers, but he came to save us from our sins. That's the goal of God is to save us from our sins. We have this sin nature within us and uh, consequently, we have led imperfect lives, yet the kingdom is gonna be comprised of perfect people in a perfect place. So God sent his son to lead, lead a perfect life, but to die a death that only sinners would die so that we sinners could receive his perfection. So really what the cradle began was culminated on the cross and uh, celebrated in the resurrection. Do you think it's possible, Max, for us to maintain the wonder of Christmas all year long? I do, it's not easy. Boy, the distractions are so many. I've felt distracted even this week and I'm traveling around talking about Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, and I think the reason is the devil. 
-hmm. You know, there's a real devil in the world and he lives to steal and to kill and destroy. He wants us to worship him. And ever since he was cast out of the uh, throne room because he wanted God's worship, ever since then he's demanded that somebody worship him. So since he knows he'll never receive our ultimate worship, he wants to take our joy. He wants to take our attention away from God. So we, we just be aware of him. We glance at the devil, but we gaze at God. We stay focused on Christ. And I think that wonder uh, can be stirred. But let's not, I, I, you know, we can't beat ourselves up. We're going to ebb and flow in our emotions, you know. Some days we're going to feel on cloud nine. Some days we'll feel at the very bottom. But God's hold on us is secure. That's the gospel. It's not our hold on him, but his hold on us that matters. And his hold is secure. You talk also in the book about what we value and how um, our view of what is valuable is very different from God's. Mm. You talk about that in the book. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that. What is it? We place a lot of value in, even when it comes to Christmas, people get into debt because they think they have to get big gifts and they have to do this and they have to do everything bigger. Mm -hmm. Christmas speaks a different message. It does, it does. Um, yeah. We, we and also have big parties and <laughs> and and have uh, nice new clothing to wear and and again I don't be I, I, it's not worth it to get beat up on that but just don't get lost in that right. don't get lost in that what God values is uh, every human being hmm. every human being here's a challenge somebody gave this to me and I'm going to pass it on. And that is, as you are receiving this Christmas, what God has done for you, uh, turn and do for others exactly what God has done for you. So you make a list of all the things that God has done for us through Christmas. Well, he's been sympathetic, sympathetic enough to enter our world. Hmm. What if I did the same? What if I was sympathetic enough with my neighbor down the street to make an effort to enter his world, to try to understand him or her uh, or go across town to people of a different ethnic background to enter their world, to be sympathetic, to do everything I could to understand it. You think about Jesus. He was on the earth, as far as we know, for three decades before he ever preached a sermon. Our tendency is to walk in the door preaching a sermon. But he, he understood the world, even though he already did. But he wanted to make sure we knew he understood what it was like. He entered our world. So maybe that's a good assignment this Christmas. I think that's Try to be fantastic. to others what God has been to you. And, you know, one of the ways that we can do that is um, by reaching out and helping those who have so little. And I'm about to tell you about that, but here's what I want you to know. For any gift that you send in today to help us feed children in Africa, we're going to send you Max's book. Um, because of Bethlehem, Love is Born, Hope is Here. It's a great Christmas gift. You should really buy 10 of them and send them out to, to different people who just need to know that there is a little hope. But let me show you the difference that you can make when you reach out in Jesus' name. Watch this. We've met a lot of moms um, on our trip to Angola, but I have to tell you, Mariana's story has touched me so profoundly. Mariana's 
She said that when she goes to bed at night, she just, she lies there and she said, honestly, she wishes she could just give up. You know, she feels such despair, but she said, I can't give up because I've still got three children who need me. But when she only has a little bit of food, she makes sure that she gives it to all three of her children. And many nights, this mom goes to bed with nothing. Nothing in her stomach. Just a prayer on her lips. Lord, will you send me some help? Maybe you think, well, how can we change her life? It's really easy through mission feeding. Can you imagine the burden that it will take off this mom knowing that her kids get one good meal every single day? It's not a lot to ask. I don't know if you get used to seeing pieces like that. I don't. Sometimes we think, well, that's just how life is over there. Until you take a trip there and you sit beside a woman like Marianne. She's just, she's exactly like you and me. She's just, she's a mom who loves her children. And all she wants is to be able to give her children one meal a day. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to bury two children simply because they died of starvation. And you know, we're in the middle of a holiday season where we, all we do is we overindulge. And it's not like we're trying to put some kind of guilt trip on each other. You know, I, I pray you have the best holiday season you've ever had, but don't you think it would be so much greater if we know that as well as enjoying the beautiful gifts that God has given us, that we reach out and answer the prayer of a mom like that. And it's so doable. Do you know that for $30, you can feed three children. That literally means that for $30, you would feed all of her family. For $50, you would feed five children. For $100, you would feed 10. If you think about it, for most of us, $30, and you might miss going to see a movie, but you know, it's, it's doable. You know, you're gonna go on, but it literally is life-changing for a mom like that. You know, you see little clips that we can show you, but we got to spend the whole day. And that mom gets on her knees every night and prays, Lord Jesus, will you send somebody, please, to help us? Well, we have this amazing thing happening at the moment. We have some friends, some partners of the ministry, and they've said, listen, for every gift that's sent in, we will double it up to $400,000, which simply means if you send in $30 to feed three children, it'll be doubled. You'll actually, for your $30, six children will be fed. So if you send in 50, it means that 10 children will be fed. For $100, 20 children. It's not a lot to ask. During this time when so often we kind of beat ourselves up because we've just gone overboard. <sighs> what a gift that Christ has given us to be able to be his hands and feet to moms that maybe we'll never meet down here. But when we finally get home, be kind of cool for a mom to come up and say, you know, you don't maybe know me, but that time when you gave that money, it came to my family. 
and my children are all alive and we lived our lives because you cared. So please, will you do something now? Will you give the best gift you can? You can call the number on your screen. You can go to lifetoday.org and give your best gift, knowing that it will make a world of difference. These moms that I got to spend time with, they're praying every night. And here's an amazing opportunity. You and I get to be the answer to their prayers. In remote and impoverished villages of Africa, children are suffering, desperately in need of life-saving food, facing death by starvation. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, ready now to feed and care for children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With all of our previous reserves gone and Angola facing a record food shortage due to crop failure, we need to immediately replenish our funding and supplies for our feeding programs. As an answered prayer, a group of Life's friends have set a $400,000 matching gift challenge for mission feeding. This means your gift today can have a double impact. $30 for three children will be double to help feed six children. $50 to help feed five children will be double to save 10 children. And $100 for 10 children will be double to help feed 20 children. And don't forget, your $1,400 gift to sponsor a school will now be double to feed children in two schools. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Without Rival by author Lisa Bevere. With your double impact gift of $100 or more, please request the complete illustrated children's Bible. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000, which will now be double to help feed 200 children. And you may request our beautiful majesty bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. You know, this little baby cries because he doesn't know me. He, I'm a stranger to him. And that's natural for a child to do that when they don't know who it is. But we hear the tears of a lot of them that are crying because they haven't had anything to eat, because they're starving. We want to wipe those tears away for those children. And will you please join with us? We're here now, a place where the children have been fed, and they're dancing, they're laughing, they're playing like children should be. And yet, crying like that, there's so many that are starving. And some of them are too weak to cry because they don't have the energy anymore. Please help us. Join with us now. We love you, we care about you, and we want you to care about these babies that we're showing you today that need our help. Thank you so much. And the great news is, do you know that for $1,400, we can sponsor an entire school, but because of some of our amazing friends, that's gonna be doubled. So your gift of $1,400 to sponsor a school is actually gonna sponsor two schools, change the life of so many children. Thank you so much, Max. Thank you for being with us. Please join me again next Wednesday when it'll probably just be me and you. God bless you. See you next time.
When planning your future, keep their future in mind. Contact Life Planning Services today. Fear and faith are opposing forces, and you have to turn your back on one to behold another. Tomorrow, author and radio host Susie Larson. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.